Hello friends, today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. The week is upon us. Hardcore Pride Weekend. I'm so excited. Please come out, support every band that's playing. I'm so pumped to see Adrian, Magnitude, Wreckage. There's so many good bands. Killing Me, Never Again. It's going to be such an amazing weekend and I I'm so excited. I've been talking about this all year and I'm happy it's finally here. So please get out to Philly, support the Hardcore Pride weekend, show up early for the flea market on Saturday. It's going to be a great time and I'm looking forward to seeing all of you there. Today, Statement of Pride put out a new single titled Memories. Please Go stream that. I love Statement of Pride. New song is awesome. I can't stop listening to it. So please support that band. If you're not following From Within Records on social media, please boot up your Twitter, your Instagram. Click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. If you're not listening to Dudes Doing Movies on the From Within Records podcast network, I highly suggest you do go boot up your Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and please support what Dan and Lennon are doing. It's awesome. Also, if you're not listening to the From Within Records podcast, I highly suggest you do that as well. And please, like I always say, support From Within Records because they support us. If you're looking for high-quality merch for your band, for your business, please hit up my friends over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. You can follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. If you want to get in contact with them, please email them contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. This week is going to be pretty crazy. Um, I'm a huge fan of K pop, obviously. But Tuesday, the day that this comes out, pre uh, reg uh, for <laughs> Twice Tickets, um, if you signed up for the pre sale codes, uh, the lottery system is going to select people who signed up and I am ready to get a dub for all the twice concerts that I've been to. I've had to pay resale. I've never gotten lucky and been able to get anything for retail. So I'm crossing my fingers Tuesday evening. We get the email. So please send your good vibes. I want to catch a dub. I don't want to pay resale again, but if I have to, I will, but the real process is let's get that pre-sale code let's get on the the field for sofi stadium it's, it's, it's gonna be wild so hopefully tuesday goes well and then wednesday when tickets uh, go on sale for uh, the people with the codes uh, me and everyone in discord can purchase them and be happy and not have to stress about it anymore so i'm looking forward to that for anyone who's going to be in southern california there's going to be an awesome show at Program, Prowl, and Dose are coming through. Two awesome bands touring. So please roll out to Program, support Dose, support Prowl, support Sanctify, Major Pain, Abstain from San Diego, and All Eyes. It's going to be a fun show. So if you're in the area, I highly suggest you roll out and enjoy every band that's playing. And for today's guest, we had to track down our good friend, Zach Barone, sings for a band called Carried by Six. They put out a cover a while back from Bulldoze. It's going to be on a split with Hold My Own, which is supposed to come out sometime this year. 
no definite date yet, but please look forward to the split coming out from Carried by Six and Hold My Own. I'm very much looking forward to that. But in the meantime, go stream Eternity, a great record. Go stream Slow Death. Go stream all the older stuff. It's awesome. I love Carried by Six. For anyone who's not familiar, I highly suggest you hit pause, boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, whatever it is, and go stream Carried by Six, and then come back here and listen to me speak with Zach. I'm a huge fan of his, and I'm happy to finally have tracked him down. So please, strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Zach Barone to the show. podcast zach how's it going pretty good how are you jamie i'm, I'm doing great I, i'm happy to finally have you on the podcast I, I honestly i swear i've probably bugged like two to three different people behind the scenes to try to get in contact with you so i'm happy that uh, i was finally able to you know get in contact and i mean to get you to agree to come on the podcast so thank you not a problem i'm flattered um uh, you know it's cool i've listened to your podcast quite a few times with uh with bob and and all of them, so it's, uh, it's an honor to be part of it. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I appreciate you tuning in. Um, so uh, you uh, sing for a band called uh, Carried by Six, uh, which I'm a fan of. That That's like the, the main reason why I wanted to have you on today. But I uh, think back to my, my first memory of seeing you in person, which I didn't even talk to you the first time I saw you. Uh, it, it was like an interesting time. I had flown out to um, SWB. Uh, it was volume two. And I was helping, uh, you know, Nate with the door. I was just kind of soaking it all in because it was my first time to the area and first time seeing a lot of those bands and first time seeing a lot of those people in person because, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, uh, COVID times and stuff. So it, uh, uh, just a lot of new faces for me. And I remember seeing you and I, I'm pretty sure you showed up in like your, your work uniform. I'm not sure if, if you remember uh, <laughs> to that fest, but I was like, damn, this is crazy. Like uh, this guy legit came straight from work. He's really down for the core. And I, I thought that was just, uh, just awesome to see. Cause uh, you know, for me, I, I would uh, at least want to go home and maybe try to get changed. I, I'm not sure if you were on a time crunch, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you showed up in your, your work uniform. I was like, damn, this guy is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that was Saturday. Uh, it was like kind of, cold and muggy out and everything like that or like you know just cold out and um i got done early enough and i was just like you know what i'm gonna head straight up there no time to go home you know i wanted to see the boys wanted to see raw life uh, and you know two hour drive in the truck just get up there have fun and uh you know it's it's something that i've kind of grown accustomed to doing just because i like being there for the opening bands or you know getting there as soon as uh i can and, uh, you know, sometimes showing up to the show filthy in my work boots, it just kind of, that's how it is, you know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do what you got to do. Uh, but, but, but I am curious, uh, where are you located? Uh, I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. Very nice. I, I've, I've been there 
uh, I think three times, uh, you know, if I, yeah, the first time I don't really count because I, I literally flew in. I was there for maybe 20 minutes and then Nate Prashuti picked me up and we left. Uh, but the other two times I stayed for a, you know, a decent amount of time. How'd you like it? How'd you like it your second time around your third time? Uh, second time was nice because I, I actually that was for the uh, From Within Records uh, showcase. So I, I got to stay with uh, Marty Williams and Bob when they were living together. So they, they treated me really nice. Uh, had a great time. And then the third time, I actually drove up with uh, Jeff from Feet First, and we uh, re- filmed an interview with Bob Wilson. So I definitely like it up there. Everybody that I'm friends with up there uh, treats me really nice. So I, I'm always excited to to be able to go back to Philly. Good, good, good. Yeah, which I'm looking forward to. I'll, I'll be back there later this month for Hardcore Pride Weekend. Yeah, that's that's going to be a dope time. I uh, seen how it went last year. Or was it last year? Yeah, yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. It was dope. Um, this the lineup's even crazier. And, you know, they got the like, little flea market going on before. And, you know, uh, seems like Carter's got something good going on with all that, uh, with those two days. So I'm stoked for that. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see uh, what the turnout will be like. Because obviously, I'm seeing it, it grow from last year to this year's turnout. And yeah, and, and I'm curious to uh, you know check out the flea market, and see what people uh, are, are selling, see what cool items I can maybe stumble upon. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, you know from the last time we were up here, uh, the thing that I've noticed is just like every single show, it's just a new rotation of kids coming in or. Or anything, you might not even recognize any of the faces other than you know the normal, the normal uh, players in the game here. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's really awesome how many young kids are starting to come in, and uh, you know with uh, you know Carter putting out new bands, um, you know it's just bringing in more and more new kids. So it'll definitely be sick. And have you always lived in Philly? Um, born in Philadelphia. And then, like, uh, when I was real young, uh, my parents moved me out to the suburbs, and I kind of just always bounced around the suburbs. Um, uh, like, I think I think I stopped counting <laughs> around, like, 14 different towns I've moved to and, like, different school districts. But, um, you know, my family's always lived in Philadelphia. They're all from South Philly. Um, and, you know, i just always kind of gone in and out. And uh, as soon as I got out of school, pretty much moved right back to the city. That's awesome. Uh, I think it's cool to to uh, be in a town like that uh, with such a thriving hardcore scene, right? Because because you think about uh, anywhere else you could be in the world, and there's obviously a ton of other great scenes. But I, I think uh, just being a part of um, you know Philly and even just the greater uh, you know Pennsylvania hardcore scene, I, I think that's really special. Yeah, I like. I think what people don't even know is like Philadelphia is popping right now. Like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. We're the hotbed of hardcore. Um, you know, Boston, Massachusetts is definitely on its way back up. But Philadelphia has always been cracking. It's just, you know, uh, we didn't really have the bands to kind of, uh, you know, put us in the spotlight, so to say. But, I mean, from, you know, the early 2000s, I mean, there's been some wild shows here, you know. And I probably, for every one good show that I've been to, I probably missed about three. So, um, you know, it to me, Philadelphia is finally getting its shine, you know? 
Yeah, and you got to think too. That's kind of like it's like a mecca when you think in terms of uh, these hardcore fests, because that's uh, you know Philly is home to this is hardcore, arguably the uh, you know biggest hardcore fest uh, in the states, and uh, you know the, the the lineup that they curate every year is always insane. Yeah, I mean, just you know, with it, even if it isn't the biggest, I mean, as of right now, it might be the longest running out of pretty much all the major fests. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, that goes with Joe's consistency and how much of a psycho he is <laughs> constantly planning year after year after year after year. And, um, you know, it, to me, it's just, I think it really kind of, it turns people, they come here, they, you know, they witness this hardcore fest and then next, you know, they're wanting to move here and they find themselves living here and, you know, uh, whether they contribute to the scene or not, uh, you know, whether they just spectate. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really awesome what we got going on here. And what's that like for you? Um, someone who actually lives there, you know, year round, uh, involved in the scene. What, what, what's it like for that small window when the whole world is watching and people from all over travel to your city to, to be there for those four days? It's, it's fucking overwhelming. <laughs> like, cause, uh, really have so many friends just all coming into town at once and it's i always end up spreading myself so thin i'm going out to eat with this person for two hours and i'm running and meeting up with this person this person needs a ride here uh you know somebody needs a hand getting in or you know it's it's just chaos it's four days of absolute chaos you know little to no sleep um you know watching the sun come up maybe drink a little bit too much maybe making some bad decisions but um i mean Regardless, it's always the most fun, and I love catching up with everybody. Uh, I love catching new bands, old bands. Um, you know, to me, I always come away with something. I always come away with a new favorite band or uh, meet new people, put a new perspective on life, you know, make new friendships. And to me, that's what it's always been about. It's always been really cool to do those types of things and have it in my own city where I don't have to get on a plane and fly and make accommodations and you know we're just we're just all really lucky here 100 it, it, it is nice to not to have to travel to a cool hardcore gig right because for, for me like i said later this month i'm flying to philly i've traveled to to florida but when uh, things like santa fury happen out here in california it's like oh cool this is a, a nice change of pace i could hop in my car drive to the fest and i could drive home the same night no stress uh, you know, it's just uh, very uh, local and it's uh, super cool. But I, I, I do get excited, right, when uh, th- that fest happens and then there's bands that don't normally come around. And I'm like, oh, cool. I finally get to see this band here in California. Th- th- that's, I think, the thing that I get stoked on most is uh, having bands that don't normally come through get their time to shine at that fest. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like you've seen that happen with the Japanese bands, like Sand and Cruelty and like, you know, um, you know, I don't think you, you see as many, too many European bands at the moment, but I mean, like, uh, you know, getting to see bands like that come over and get a really sick reaction and kind of o- open up kids' eyes to international hardcore is is always really cool to me. 100%, because... 
it, it, it's crazy that um, right. It, it's so easy to to, to get uh, so focused on what's going on here in the states, but when, when you take a step back and you think about all the other countries and like you know just how big the world is, there's hardcore going on in every other part of the world. It's uh, you know kind of wild that. Uh, there's just so few bands that actually kind of break through those barriers and make it to the States and get on people's radar. When uh, we have social media, Spotify, Apple music, uh, you know, at our fingertips, but still somehow international hardcore sometimes uh, gets um, overlooked. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to get overseas and like, um, you know, like go to a fest and just like purely just to spectate and like, it's opened up my eyes to, like there's so many good bands like there are some hidden gems like uh 2013 i got to see redemption denied they're uh you know mostly belgian hardcore band they're fucking so sick um you know i got to see you know prowler from the uk uh i mean like there's just getting to see nine bar and you know Bundamount and like all the uk bands live was just like it was it was just so awesome to see and just like realize i like man there's there like you know generally european hardcore or like uh uk hardcore they're always like a little bit behind us music wise but um you know it they they definitely have things going on there and it's it's just always so cool to see that and like kind of it's kind of like a breath of fresh air Hundred percent, and even if you uh, follow like what's going on in, in Scotland with uh, the the guys in Despise and what they're doing with Northern Unrest, they're you know they put together their own fest that's happening uh, in April, which is insane, which is cool too because they're they're uh, you know getting some bands, bigger bands from the states to, to go out there and play, and uh, I'm, I'm sure that's going to be a really good look for them. But yeah, the, the, there's good stuff going on everywhere, and. Um, you know, I, I try my best to try to reach out to international bands, have them on, um, and just try to do my best to you know put some spotlight on them because, like I said, it, they can uh, easily get overlooked just because uh, people. Um, I, I don't know like what it is if, if people just uh, you know don't really care about what's going on outside of the U.S. But to me, it's just insane because there's good shit literally everywhere. Oh uh, yeah, and I think I think over the pandemic, a lot of these kids really got the got to like uh kind of polish their their skills and like recording stuff at home and like it's just it just it bumped everything up and it's like um you know i wasn't a huge fan of like bands like morning and despise when they first came out and they kind of grown on me and like that new morning uh the ep that that's pretty sick that new song off there um you know to me like it's just it's everything's just kind of elevated everybody stepped it up you know 100 percent. because i feel like uh they want to make an impact right they they, they get to uh, you know make these connections and uh, you know they, they have their shot to to, to to make an impact and uh, get kids interested because uh, you, you could put out a record uh, you know have a little bit of hype behind you but if it's not hitting kids are probably going to uh, want to move on faster from these international bands than they would maybe something that's uh, a little more local yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah definitely okay well i want to ask you about uh carried by six which i, I think is such a sick name for a band uh, whose idea was it uh, to have the band be named after that um it was our bassist sean he kind of came up with that and like uh anybody who knows like 
uh, the guys that are kind of in the band is like Chris Mahmood. He played in Mushmouth. Uh, he was real close with uh, the guys in No Retreat, like JC and uh, Bilo. And uh, Sean came up with it, and we just like, yeah, that's sick. You know, um, we didn't really find anything on Google or anything like that. Later on, we ended up finding out there's like, you know, there's a Carried by Six over in the UK, but they're like a metalcore band. Like, it's really not a hardcore band or anything like that. But um, mm-hmm. Sean came up with that, and it just stuck. We didn't really throw around too many names or anything. Um, Sean is kind of good with that. He's like good at just fucking whipping something up real quick, and we won't, we won't swim with it, you know? Yeah, and even when it being like abbreviated with a CB and the number six, I think that that still looks so sick too. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, uh, it just it just flows really good. I mean, I just like for things to come off as like organic and natural as possible, and nothing like too crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just it just works. Okay, and uh, how long did it take for the band to get together and record you guys' first record? Um, the first demo, the demo, the uh, slow death demo, we got together. I think uh, we started our first practice in like December of 2019. <clears throat> and um, we went in to Wyatt's studio and, you know, put together three, four songs. Um, very little practice. I mean, like this was my first band, so it was just kind of like, uh, I was learning everything on the fly, uh, learning how to use my voice, learning how to, you know, um, just overall, just learning everything about music, like, you know, pretty much like a crash course, but I mean, it's hardcore. It's really not that tough. Like, you know, don't, don't try and overcomplicate it or anything, but, um, basically, uh, you know, the demo came out and, uh, luckily, I mean, because of the guys in the band, you know, Kyle from Lifeless, uh, Chris from, um, from Mushmouth, obviously, uh, you know, Chris Smith, our drummer, he played in Ghost Ship and uh, Trail of the Lies and Sean, he did a little bit of time in Fury of Five. And, uh, you know, people were kind of asking us to book shows before we even had the demo out, which was kind of crazy to me. It's like a crazy thought. And uh, we actually played our first show up in up in Wilkes-Barre uh, before the demo even came out. And that was my first time on stage. And you know, it was a, it was like kind of a whirlwind how quickly it all came together, and and now I think about it, I mean, if it if a pandemic didn't happen, we'd probably be uh, a little bit deeper into songwriting and, and recordings. But um, you know, it just like I think about it, and it just like happened overnight. Kind of <laughs> now to think about it. Yeah, that that is crazy too. Because uh, here we are in twenty twenty three, and the, the 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 lockdown, the pandemic is a, a bit of a blur. Not something that I want to like you know think about too much. Because it was just like weird times for everybody. Um, yeah, without a doubt. But for, for you to to you know hit the knife layer and have to re- record vocals, like did you have <laughs> like did you get any kind of advice from the veterans in the room, or like what was going through your mind having to record vocals for the first time for your first band? <sighs> Um, I mean, like, I kind of got advice here and there, you know, I, I mean, obviously like guys that I look up to like Big Carl, uh, Jotham from Wisdom and Chains, uh, I mean, you know, they just kind of like, just let it, let it out. Like, don't, don't force it. Don't try and be something you're not, or don't try and sound like something you're not. Just 
let it go. And that's like kind of what I did. And uh, people seem to like it, which is cool. And like, it, you know, it doesn't kill my voice. Like it doesn't strain my voice. Um, and like, you know, it's pretty easy to replicate live. Uh, but I mean, otherwise it's just, I just kind of winged it, you know, threw some shit against the wall and hope it's stuck. And, you know, it's, it's really all there is to it. Like, I, I wish, I wish I could say more about it because like, you know, I, I still kind of have no clue what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, yeah, it just kind of worked out and I, I like it and, uh, I'm definitely looking to explore some new things and like, uh, trying to, you know, like trying to expand my vocal range a little bit more make it a little bit better or, you know, kind of, uh, add like more layers to the band or, or maybe for like a new project. I don't know. For sure. And is, is it hard to not let like, you know, the, the status of like the members of the band and people wanting to book your band before you guys even had the demo out? Is, is it, uh, you know, uh, hard to not let that get to your head and not let, uh, you know, people build up too much hype for your band? Um, nah, I mean, uh, I mean, ultimately like, to me, it's just like, it's just like us getting on stage. It's just, I look at it like with our friends and you know, I, I don't, I don't look at them as like these guys in bands are like, you know, they're my brothers or they're my friends. And, uh, you know, if anything, I just try and, uh, like I try and do good for them. Cause I mean, you know, Chris Mahmood has dedicated his whole, whole entire life to music. Like, you know, you know, he toured the world of Mushmouth, Kyle toured the world of, uh, lifeless and like, you know, uh, I just kind of always wanted to be up to par, but it was like never any pressure. Be like, yo, you better fucking nail this set or, you know, you're fucking, you're nothing to us. Or like, you know, there was never any type of crazy pressure. They always supported me and just always wanted me to have fun and relax. And, you know, that's, that's how it always should be to me. Like if I'm not having fun and like, I can't be just like chill and fucking relax to do it. I don't want to do it. 100% 100% yeah because if it becomes like a, a chore or this uh, you know thing where you only want to be there on stage yeah I, I could easily see how that, that would be something you wouldn't want to do yeah and the name slow death for, for the record uh, you know obviously there's the the title track uh, how did you guys land on that one for being the name of the the demo um basically I think that was the first song that Kyle wrote um and lyrically you know um lyrically it's like just like just like every other song or lyrics they kind of open to interpretation um you know uh basically it's just like you read the lyrics of the song and it's just kind of like all about things that are just like uh you know greed and and like uh what's the word i'm looking for you know, greed and like just all these things that just never, never really, um, I'm trying to, trying to gather my words, uh, all these things that like aren't, you know, like they're not good, you know, eventually like kind of, you know, lead to your, your, your death, you're, like your slow death, like you, you're kind of in this for the wrong reasons and like, like all these things, they just fucking like slowly, slowly all the weight bears on you and, you know, it just slowly kills you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's cool. Uh, I, I think that you guys still play that song because sometimes people will move on to new material, and not want to play their old stuff for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Even though it, uh, it's still good, but uh, when, when I watch like your live sets and see you guys still play that song, I, I, I think it's awesome. 
Yeah. I, I personally love that song lyrically wise, like the flow of it, the intro with the guitar. Um, to me, it's all, I, it's like a part where like, you know, it's a song live where you don't have to scream it. You can kind of rap it. You can scream it if you want. Um, just all kind of depends on the vibe. A lot of people see that like tend to know that song and it's got like a little bit of everything. It's got a two-step part. It's got a, like, you know, a heavy breakdown. You know, not much more you can really ask for. Yeah, really enjoy the double bass. Yeah, yeah. Can't go wrong with Chris's heavy ass feet. <laughs> yeah, this shit always gets me pumped up. Um, but okay, so from uh, slow death to eternity, there was a two year gap, and it seems like okay, a two year gap in between there. And I, I, I know we're going to be getting a little bit of, or a, a little ahead of eternity, but um, here we are two years later from that record. And there's been this talk of a split with Hold My Own. Is that projected to come out this year to keep this biannual you know, thing going? Or uh, Last time I spoke to Richie, uh, test presses were almost done. Album artwork's done. Um, it's all there. So, I mean, right now, I'm going to say you could probably see it like maybe, um, I want to hope like by summertime, by June, July. Uh, I know Greg's got some shows booked around uh, the release uh, in select cities. So you um, probably shoot for summertime, which I mean, I think it's going to be great because, uh, you know, there's going to be there's gonna be a lot of shows happening. Um, Hold My Own is obviously very active right now. So uh, Greg is going to be pushing the shit out of it. You know, Richie's going to want to push the shit out of it. And I mean, it's just... Uh, you know, is summertime is generally a good time because that's when everybody's most active and hardcore. But um, you know, uh, so I mean, right now, you, you know how these pressing plants go. It's like yeah, it's 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 everybody's problem. So we're shooting for beginning of summer, hopefully. Okay, and we'll circle back to the split. But okay, uh, but going back to eternity coming, uh, you know, that came out in twenty twenty one. And, uh, you know, it was pretty heavy with the features, um, which I was uh, a fan of. Is that something that was important to you for this record? I, I mean, it wasn't really important. Uh, I, well, I mean, I, to the song Eternity itself, uh, I think having Tyler on it. I mean, Tyler's voice is crazy. And I love Tyler as Same an here. individual. Um, and I think, like, uh, the songs on that Eternity EP are definitely a step up. Um, you know, they're a little bit better. Uh, they're, you know, like a little bit more layers to them. Uh, we took a little bit more time writing them. It wasn't really a rush to get everything out there. Uh, but I mean, we still, you know, recorded it in two days. And, um, you know, uh, to me, just all kind of worked out, you know. Okay, I, and I want to ask you about the last track on the uh, record. Uh, Booger Sugar has a <laughs> has a, 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 a cool feature, in, in my opinion, because uh, it's uh, cool to me to see uh, you know people uh, still fucking with Knuckle Dust because I think that band is awesome. I, I I've never seen them. I I would love to be able to see that band, uh, but I I, I just want to hear uh, about uh, you know the song and uh, you know why you decided on that feature for that particular song. Uh, Pierre, I mean it's a shame because I absolutely love that song and I hate my voice on that. <laughs> I think it's like my weakest, you know, my weakest performance on that, on that EP. But, um, with Pierre, with that guest, I do, I, 
anybody who knows if you if you haven't listened to knuckle dust yet check out knuckle dust pierre uh he's uh from peru and i he's just like he's got the sickest style like he can he can rap he can kind of do the reggaeton thing and um if you've ever had the chance to meet him or like even talk to him like online or anything like that he's got like just this this great he's one of one like there's nobody like him i've never heard anybody in hardcore ever spit tracks like him um you know to me it like it, it was just like one of those things like yeah like who does sick vocals that like you know not it, like doesn't really get featured on tracks and you know um pierre's a homie we asked him you know and he came up with it and i was like fuck it's so crazy because i mean i like i'm not exactly still confident in, in my voice or anything and to have to be on a track with tyler and pierre still kind of blows my mind and it's just like it it made me want to get better but i mean you know there's there's that feature is just so sick yeah, no, I I think it's awesome, and I I think it's so cool to see you guys show love to to Knuckle Dust because uh, you know you might be the reason why some kids you know some newer kids uh, listen to Knuckle Dust because they might have never even heard of them. So it, it's just cool to to see them still getting exposure, especially from a, a, a current band from here in the states. Yeah, and especially they're not as active as they once were. You know, they're all getting like a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to see them three times in one year I, I saw them i saw them once in philly once in reading and once over in london within like a three-month span and so you know getting to see that three times in a year is just like you know in, in less than a year and you know in in basically two three months i mean uh, it was awesome like i mean I hope more kids like get turned on to it. And I see, I do actually see, notice that kids are like, you know, are checking out Knuckle Dust and Nine Bar and, um, you know, and I kind of try and steer them into other UK bands, you know, uh, you know, like Ironed Out, you know, uh, Living Martyr. I, I mean, there's so many good UK bands that a lot of people don't know about. And do you still do a lot of international travel for hardcore? I haven't like uh, I really really want to especially like uh, you know my friends like they, they do like little fest and show like well not little like uh, Martin from uh, No Turning Back he's got a you know Sound of Revolution fest which is like he tends to like lean more towards like uh, punk rock oi because like in like Eindhoven uh, you know you get a lot of like a lot of skinhead dudes over there and they kind of you know they still very much embrace like you know skinhead and punk punk rock over there but um you know he'll bring over some younger hardcore bands uh he'll even bring over older acts like i know he brought mushmouth over there um i think he might be having end it at the next sound of revolution over there so um you know to me i would love to get back over there it's such a blast europeans in the hardcore scene are probably some of the most hospitable human beings you'll ever meet you know, they'll buy you beer, buy you food, and, like, it's just, they they really uh, extend, uh, you know, their gratitude towards any anything hardcore, and especially U.S.-related. They're so excited to see the Americans over there checking out their scene that they've really, they've really taken it a step above to fucking make sure you feel at home. 
Yeah, and shout out to No Turning Back, that band. I remember they were touring the world super hard at one point. Cause I, I remember being able to see them here uh, in Orange County like years ago and just knowing where they were from, like, holy shit, like you guys are literally so far from home. But to, to see them just being so positive and just being so down for hardcore, it, it was just so awesome to see. Yeah, yeah, Martine's awesome. Shout out Martine, No Turning Back. Yeah, awesome band. Um, but okay. And then also, I, I don't want to uh, uh, forget about the, the other feature. Uh, shout out Josh from Life's Question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Josh. Well, I love Life's fuck, Question. Fuck Josh. <laughs> he, 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 fuck Josh. He, can, he, can, he doesn't get any mentions. No, I'm kidding. I love Josh. That's my little brother. Um, I mean, like, that's another song that does great live. So, um, you know, like you said, uh, the list of features on that album were fucking really sick. Okay, and uh, do you have plans for Carried by Six to, to get a little busier? Because obviously, like I mentioned briefly, there's a split coming, but as far as shows, uh, I know you have one lined up in April with uh, Sworn Enemy, Fury of Five. Yeah, um, as of right now, it's just like kind of tough. Cause everybody's got kids now, they're getting married, and it's just like kind of... I mean, we do we do what we can when we can, we don't try and force it. Um, you know, uh, if it makes sense, we do it. Um, so I mean, we're always getting offers here and there. And unfortunately we've had to like turn down like a couple, a couple shows that I wish we, we got the chance to play. Like, uh, we got asked to play the missing link for like a release. And that was, that was so sick to see Amityville sold out. And, uh, you know, just a, a lot of homies in the room, uh, a lot of new faces and just, you know, uh, but other than that, um, we're looking to probably do something with Hold My Own for the record release and uh, get that figured out. But otherwise, um, we're just kind of keeping the pace that we're going, you know, maybe a show like once a month, twice a month. I don't know. It, it all really depends. I just I like playing with my guys. I like playing with Chris Smith, um, Kyle. Um, you know, we, we occasionally have Chuck from Foreign Hands. Uh, fill in if uh, Mahmood can't play because mm-hmm. he's I mean Chuck is just he's he does he can do it all he can pick up a guitar and fucking fill 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 Mahmood's spot very easily because he's good at what he does but um you know we're just gonna kind of keep at the pace that we're at you know um, like I said don't force anything okay and I, I want to ask your uh, you know relationship with uh, never ran never will records uh, which mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a fan of I'm, I'm a huge fan of Richie crutch uh, I texted him uh, one time and he actually responded which I would like which sounds so stupid right uh, oh he, he he texted me back but for me just being a, a random kid from California and being such a fan of uh, you know Pennsylvania hardcore to, to be able to text Richie crutch and have him text me back I thought that was really awesome yeah, uh, that's like the beautiful thing about Pennsylvania hardcore is like there's really, there's really no egos. I mean, like some of the, the old heads, you know, like, you know, the Godfather himself, fucking Richie Crutch, like he's just a regular guy like you and I. Like he's he's not too good to fucking answer anybody's phone calls or you know text somebody. You know, uh, I mean, he's you know, forty five years of age now, probably like right around there. You know, he's just having a kid, he got married, and, you know, he's still as active as he's always been in hardcore, and to me, that's always been the coolest, and that's the reason why I've always looked up to him, because he's just like, 
it's this is like a lifelong thing for him he's just just like you and i um you know he's not trying to fucking kiss anybody's ass he's always out there doing his own thing just fucking you know keeping pennsylvania hardcore alive 100 percent. yeah because when i uh think about when i entered hardcore and when i think about hardcore today there's not a lot of of my peers that are still around so when i look at someone like richie crudge who's been in it longer than me and still being super active and doing awesome stuff for the scene like to me i think that's just so cool yeah yeah to me it's awesome and it's like it's crazy because you know he's uh he's also involved with fast break records and like uh fast break you know they kind of have their own thing to me it's not they're that they're not like a that they're not a hardcore label i think it was like just more of like uh you know like bigger acts like maybe like stuff like that's like maybe like can kind of uh weave in and out of hardcore they can go play in front of like a huge fest in europe or like somewhere else in the united states but like um when he started never ran never will i just i was like yo i want to be on this shit like i i pushed i was like i kind of pushed him was like yo start a, start another record label start another record label and uh you know he, he came through with it and you know if any young kids listening if, you know richie crutch ever asked you to fucking to do something with him do it you know he's he's awesome like he'll anything you ask him to do he'll do it he's he's like he's probably one of the most down to earth you know willing to comedy people uh take care of younger kids listen to him i mean he does it all so if you ever get the chance for to work with never ran never will definitely do it yeah and to, to me uh seeing the bands that uh, he has on the label and for him to be so in tune uh, I think that's really sick, and, and I know that, that that's something that uh, you know he wants to do with the label. And, and this is me, just, uh, you know, reading some interviews that that he's done, and to to see that he, uh, you know, that that's like his thing. He wants to, you know, uh, grab these younger bands and you know help them, you know, uh, grow the scene and kind of uh, you know help put them out there. I, I think that's really smart. Yeah, yeah, and like I kind of like I'll throw stuff him his way. Like when the Envision album came out, I I sent that to him immediately because he's like he loves like rock and roll. Like he loves like hair metal and like all this like crazy older shit. And like, uh, you know, I knew, uh, with like the heavy guitar play on, on that envision, uh, album, I knew he'd love that. He really dug it. So like, you know, he's, he always has his ear to the ground. You know, it's like, we're always bouncing stuff off each other and, and, um, you know, always looking for his input. And he'll ask me like, yo, like, for like you know shows or something like that like what bands should i do or like what what's some new good you know young bands and you know he's always he's still as active as ever you know he still wants to see young kids doing cool shit you know maybe uh some some younger bands who aren't getting necessarily getting what uh they're not as popular as like other bands maybe maybe he wants to put them on their shit because he thinks they're cool you know that to me that's always the coolest thing that he does Hundred percent, because there's so many bands uh, that I know. I'm like, wow. If people just were paying attention, you guys would be a, a lot bigger, right? Because they they have the the music down, but they just uh, you know might not be you know clicked up with the right people, so they're not getting on certain shows and getting those looks. Um, so for 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 me, I always tell those kinds of bands, I'm like, hey, it, it you know may not be your time right now, but if you stick it through, like 
you know, people are going to have no other choice but to pay attention. Because if, if you stick around and you're consistently showing up to shows and putting out good music, you know, people will, you know, uh, you know, tune in at some point. Yeah. 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 I just had this discussion with, uh, with, um, with a younger a kid from a younger band. Uh, shout out, shout out. Um, you know, it's like, you know, they want to play more shows and like, you just got to keep on plugging away at it. Like, you know, you want to get on bigger shows, just like nothing happens overnight sometimes. Like, uh, even though it seems like with a with a lot of bands these days, um, I think it easily gets overlooked how much work these guys who like you know a bandmate take off like a like a pain of truth or you know a never ending game. Like people often forget how much work these guys have put in prior to these projects, and uh, you know it, nothing happens overnight. I mean, if it does happen overnight, you're very very lucky, you know. Um, so it's just like, you know, always telling these young to keep at it, you know, keep honing your craft, like keep, keep going to shows, keep networking, like nothing's going to be handed to you. Yeah. And it's uh, funny that you mentioned painted truth because uh, people might not remember that, that that record came out during COVID, right? So th- yeah. they, they weren't even uh, able to, to play shows. So like their success was never guaranteed, right? Like uh, people paying attention, uh, they could have easily forgotten about uh, painted truth, but the music was just so good that from my perspective, it was like they're like a caged animal just waiting to 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 get out right and and it's not easy to to be on the road as often as uh, they have been to to travel across the world right because they make a lot of their own sacrifices that people may not realize but to to be a touring band it takes work so yeah they're getting on a lot of cool tours cool shows but it's not uh, that they were just handed it to them like they wrote an amazing record and they're putting in the work by doing all the traveling and getting out there yeah yeah, I mean, you know, it takes a lot of commitment, and uh, sometimes it's not always as fun as you think it is being out on the road. And and like, I mean, you know, them driving through a fucking blizzard. Like, who wants to be driving through the middle of nowhere, you know, uh, United States, and like being a blizzard, and you know, fucking your one band breaks down, and then you know, you get into an accident. Like, that's a headache just to play a hardcore show. Like, you know, like I'm flying home, guys. Like, sorry. But, uh, you know, it, it often gets overlooked how much hard work put in, people put into this thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really easy to see the shine and the popularity and everything. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Like, don't ever discredit people for just being like uh, it because of their friends or like this or that. You know, these people put in work. Hundred percent. I I was at, uh, you know, SWB. You were there when uh, Painted Truth played. That was their first out of state show, and that shit was nuts. And I, yeah. I you know, from that moment, I'm like, okay, this band just uh, like damn. That was their first out of state show. Yeah. Holy shit, that's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that was that's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just yeah, just experiencing that live for the first time. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's like no ceiling for this band. They can, they can take it as far as they want because it's just like the energy. Like I said, the music's amazing. It, it, it's it's so cool to see. Yeah, I they they got it dialed in. I like they just managed to find the the I call it the hate breed formula. They fucking got it dialed in. Like just between the riffs, you know, he's uh, Michael's got like a little bit of fucking Aaron Knuckles death threat. On vocals, I mean, his, you know, his stage presence is incredible. Everybody else in the band is fucking incredible. Fucking Reggie, Nick, you know, Zach, like everybody's, everybody's dialed in. And it's, it's so sick to see where these guys are going. 
hundred percent. I'm I'm dying to hear that new record that they just recorded not too long ago. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I'm very excited for it. I'll tell you that. Okay, and uh, now I, I, I want to move on to to the split. Um, uh, if if you can say the the the, the split uh, is it just two songs on your side or are are there more? Uh, just two songs, two songs per band. Um, you know, uh, it was like we we ended up recording. We did that bulldoze cover. It was like we were gonna like we didn't know if we were gonna be able to do two or three songs, but uh, yeah, it just ended up being two songs per band. Okay, and uh, obviously um, you guys released uh, the, the cover early, uh, and you know obviously uh, rest in peace to to Kev One. That was uh, really tragic news. Um, but uh, you know what made you guys uh, you know feel that strongly to to want to put it out because you guys could have uh, sat on it and waited for the actual release of the split. Um, it was just like one of those things. It was like kind of like uh, we wanted to put out something, kind of keep our name out there a little bit and like personally i've always loved bulldoze uh lyrically i love the truth it's such a mean song um lyrically i mean between the breakdowns and like you know the fast parts and like you know or i'm sorry like mid-tempo parts um you know to me it's just i always love that song and uh, i think my voice kind of fit it and like I didn't want to try and like do like a Hatebreed song, you know, a Hatebreed cover because my voice is not. We've we've done Hatebreed live, and I hate doing it because like, you know, the Hatebreed riffs are just so hard. My voice, I personally think, doesn't match it. But uh, you know, I think my voice just fit it. I love that song. I said let's make it happen, and uh, you know, we just put it out there, and it was unfortunate the timing, and uh, I was really looking forward. For young kids getting to see Kev One on stage. I mean, like, uh, first time I got to see him was in 2010 at this hardcore, and just you know, he's like, he was like one of the rawest dudes. He fucking all whacked out on stage, just fucking, you know, pacing back and forth. Just, it, you know, he was he was one of a kind, and it, I was really getting excited for kids to witness that, and and unfortunately it didn't happen. So you know, rest in one, Kev One. Hey, rest in peace, Kev One. Um, you know, sucks, but uh, you know, we just put it out there to keep our keep our name in everyone's mouth a little bit, and uh, you know, luckily people dug it. Yeah, it, it's crazy for me to to kind of like you know moments like those, right? I'm uh, seeing these uh, legends and hardcore passing. It's like, damn, like, like these are the dudes that I was like, you know, like, you know, looking up to when I was a younger kid coming up in the scene. And now I'm, I'm at the age where, uh, you know, uh, they're just getting older and it's like, shit, like, um, not that I, I didn't appreciate, the, uh, appreciate them before, but it's like, no, it's like, I really have to uh, actually like appreciate these uh, legends in, in the scene that are still active and, you know, seeing their bands as many times as I can, because uh, you never know when, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a wrap. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy to think about. It's like, even nowadays, like, you know, cancer seems to be like more, more of like more of a thing than ever. I mean, like younger kids are getting it, but it's just like, you know, people without the, you know, within the past couple of years, people getting complications or what, it's just crazy. And it's like, uh, I think that's why I go to shows more now than I ever have. It's like, I don't care if I got to, you know, come straight from work and dusty ass work clothes. Like, I want to be there with my friends and like, see these bands and like, you know, uh, meet these guys in bands, you know, guys and girls coming into bands that are 
doing their thing and like you know uh making connections with them friendships and like just kind of doing it because i mean life life can flash before your eyes before you know it 100 percent, and yeah that's why i've always loved going to hardcore shows because you could see a band a hundred times but it's never going to be the same right because they they could uh you know depending on the the city the venue are, are they having a good day or a bad day or you know how are you feeling mentally it's just uh, you never know what you're gonna get obviously you're, you're hoping for the best you want to um, enjoy the experience see all your friends have a good time but for me it's always like okay cool it, it, it's just like a mixed bag and i'm just there for the excitement because i love hardcore and seeing it live is obviously like the, the best way to experience it in my opinion so for, for me it's just uh, the excitement of not knowing what i'm going to get is like the main driving force for me to, to get out to a show uh, just because I'm, I'm such a fan of the bands already obviously and then the the chance of discovering a, a new band that i may have heard the name but haven't had a chance to listen to yet but when i can go to a show and get surprised and walk away and be like holy shit i'm definitely gonna be checking out that band and be paying more attention i, I think that's really cool yeah. yeah definitely yeah i mean like luckily we got guys like bob and, and joe who are just constantly bringing in new bands and like given uh given like new bands or like you know um putting shine on on like uh some older stuff and like maybe bringing people around and stuff like that like uh, it we're just so incredibly lucky like I, to go back from before it's like we're so lucky to have that and like constantly be able to revisit old bands and new bands and it's just like you know having uh gorilla biscuits sold out two nights in a row at the church i mean where each night was you know jam-packed sold out uh you see a lot of young faces a lot of new faces a lot of old faces so um you know to me it's just all really cool 100 percent. yeah shout out Gor gorilla biscuits they, they played out here not too long ago in orange county and it was insane it's wild yeah, that I mean, uh, like just for them to you know to be a band for so long and to still be able to put on like crazy shows it, it's cool to see in 2023 yeah i like just that i mean the guys in the band you got sammy on drums you got walter uh i mean those are i mean those are members of the band that are like you know kids are still trying to emulate to this day and like you know they you know they dabble and steal maybe a rip or like a little bit of this a little bit of that from that band and that band i mean you know it's it's still awesome to see gorilla biscuits doing it and just still sounding as good as they always have you know 100 percent. like for me being able to see them for the first time back in 2006 and then you fast forward to now and it's like holy shit it's crazy that um they're still a band which is cool but it, i think what, what one of the things that i really liked was that I, I got to see like a whole new generation of hardcore that had never got to see them before so for them to be able to uh you know enjoy that moment and uh, you know see gorilla biscuits for the first time i, I was like wow that's crazy because that was me in 2006 like being so stoked to get to the glass house to see them it's yeah it's like it was just like uh andrew from killing me getting to see him up on the stage with the mic like just going off you know, Siv just sitting back and letting Andrew soak it all up. It was it was so awesome to see that. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't there for it, but I mean, uh, getting to see like I totally know that feeling. Getting to see a band that you fucking like listen to thousands and thousands of times, and like getting to see younger kids kind of live that moment out where you you finally get to see the band that you've always wanted to see and like always heard about and always talked about. 
it's uh it's really awesome i i kind of get like secondhand joy just to seeing kids going off to that what about that uh, clip that Sonny posted of uh, Jacob, <laughs> you know, spin kicking? Big dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Holy that shit! That was awesome. It, you know, it's like literally, it's just <laughs> the the look that that Sib gave Jacob, and then <laughs> and then Jake looks at uh at Joe, and then Joe pushes him off the stage. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Yeah, that that was funny. Uh, shout out to uh, Jacob. Shout out to Fool's Game. Uh, awesome band. Yeah, fucking dickheads. Yeah, what's up with Clemo? I I love Clemo, but he he's crazy. He's uh, I think Clemo's coming into his form. You know, he's uh, I think he's having the time of his life right now. You know, he's uh. <laughs> Uh, you, there's one thing you can never take away from those guys is like as much as like everybody may call Clemo goofball or anything like that, they're fucking living a dream right now. They're 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 doing everything on their own. They're writing music. Uh, you know they're all bonding and you know they're hitting the road as much as possible. Uh, and I mean, you know Clemo's a good. He, he's a, you know what? If everybody was the same in hardcore, it'd be really fucking boring and it wouldn't be as special as it is and uh to have like different personalities i think that's like the most important part of hardcore you got the goofballs you got the meme guys you got the funny guys you know um to me it's it's all just like it's all part of the this this thing that we fucking know and like to have have a guy like a goofball uh like clemo who could fucking just like kind of soaks it up and just like you know people don't know you like you can't you gotta have thick skin to be like him and uh, you know, I'm sure he's fucking he's loving every second of it, and he's learning a lot from it. And you know, I'm sure he's gonna look back on it and say, "Fuck, I had a blast with all my friends." You know, so I'm happy for him. Happy for all the guys in Fool's Game. Happy for the guys in Risk. Shout out BG. Um, you know, I love seeing these guys out on the road, just fucking living it up. Yeah, it's super active, right? It's like they're they're always on the road, uh, not only playing shows, but even just showing up to shows uh, to attend. It's it, it's really awesome to see them, uh, you know, just be so dedicated. Yeah, I mean, it's like they're like kind of like a package deal. Fullest game now, like they they all show up to shows together. Uh, you know, like that's like that's real hardcore shit. Like, I mean, they're all in the pit together, all moshing, and like they don't miss a beat. They're fucking. As far as I'm concerned, there's no other band as hardcore as Bulls Game right now. It's a bold statement, but I like it. I, I, they're, they're the underdogs right now. They're, they're they're out there doing it. Okay, and then for for you, someone who's uh, been a part of the um, you know Philly hardcore scene for so long, um, you know, you know, five, ten years from now, uh, where would you like to see it at? Right, because obviously uh, there's always cool shit going on out there but is there like something that you feel like it, it's maybe lacking or something you would want from the youth that's coming up um i would like to see it well i mean really i can't ask for much more i mean like i think the uh the current progression of, of hardcore in in philadelphia is good um i think kids should steer away from from all this like heavy bullshit that they're trying to fucking you know replicate like, you know, like beat down stuff or anything like that. I like, uh, I'd like to see like kids kind of like diversify their, like, uh, you know, taste in hardcore. 
But um, I think it's great. I think literally every show I go to now, uh, like I know, like you know the the key guys, like you know the Fools Game guys are always there. Um, you know, it, we're constantly getting new faces, in, and I just always tell you know try and be as welcoming as possible. I think uh, everybody thinks of Philadelphia as like this wild, crazy place, and I think it's probably one of the friendliest scenes in hardcore. Anybody can come. You know, um, it wasn't always the nicest scene back back in the day mm-hmm. when uh, you know when Joe and the boys were kind of running things, and you know everything was just kind of fresh and wild, and you know. It was it was just it was kind of like the wild west for a little bit, but uh, regardless, I think we're on a great path, and I, I think you're gonna see like this constant evolution. You're gonna see, you know, the kids from coming like that are gonna continue uh, coming from out of state or suburbs come in and like kind of, you know, add a chapter to, to Philadelphia, which I think is important because I mean I don't I think anything like any city kind of known as a one trick pony isn't. You know, it's like a flash in a pan. It doesn't very last very long, and I think that's kind of why Philadelphia has had the longevity that it's had. You know, we we have like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and um, you know, a constant rotation of kids coming in. And I I think what everybody's doing is awesome. Like, I don't really think anything should be added to it, or you know, should be taken you know removed from it. I, I like the path that it's going, and. Uh, you know, with guys like Joe constantly trying to put on shows for everybody, like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, you know, I think we'll, we'll always be in the right place. 100%. Yeah. To, to have someone like uh, Joe Hardcore, a, a, a part of your scene, I, I feel like that's uh, really awesome for someone like him who's been around for so long, right? He's uh, played in bands, works with bands behind the scenes, and for him to, to, to be so active in bringing bands to the city, I, I think that, that that's really important. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, not only Joe, but I mean, like Bob, mm-hmm. Bob's constantly adding stuff to the mix. I mean, I think Bob probably brings in more newer, younger bands. Um, and I mean, you got Stucky coming into the mix, you got Alex Bradley, she's coming into the mix of things. And it's just like, you really can't go wrong. I mean, we, if you want to make a half an hour trip outside of the city, we got shows going on over there. I mean, it's, we're kind of spoiled, but I mean, um, you know, I, we're, we're very lucky to have people like Bob and and Joe and Alex and, and Stucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Bob Wilson. <laughs> so I say, uh, shout out Rebirth Records. Yeah, what's up? No, no, Bob's always been kind to me, so I, I appreciate his friendship because for for me, being a, a young kid and being a, like a fan of his band, seeing him, uh, you know, uh, tour through California and just just knowing him as this dude in these bands that I like, and eventually over time, just being able to call him a friend. I could text him, call him, whatever. I uh, definitely appreciate him. Yeah, yeah, he's an awesome dude. Very, very level-headed, you know. Yeah, the and, voice of reason. Yeah, and, and he knows, uh, you know, what's up with hardcore. Yeah, for him to be able to, uh, you know, bring on so many younger bands, do his label, FYA, uh, super talented. Mm, yeah, definitely. Okay, and uh, just curious. Obviously, I, I'd ask you about your. Um, hoodie, uh, you know, before we started recording, but are, are you into like jujitsu and MMA? Well, I used to do uh, Muay Thai a lot. Okay. I did, like Muay Thai for like three years. Um, 
and like uh, I used to roll around like uh, my ex-girlfriend's uh, uh, brother. He trained with uh, Kurt Pellegrino. He did like some MMA matches, some amateur MMA matches. Um, we would go up to uh, the Watt up in uh, uh, Manhattan, up on Canal Street, like every once in a while. You know, learn some new technique up there. Um, and you know, uh, I I can't. I've always been more of a doer than like a watcher. Like I can't sit down and watch fights or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I like to be out being active and actually playing those sports that, <laughs> that people watch. Um, so like uh, Joe keeps on trying to talk me into coming do jitsu with those guys. And I, I would love to, it's just sometimes I'm lazy. <laughs> I like, I like, I, I like there's times where, you know, I don't feel like getting twisted up like a pretzel by some like sleeper white belt, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, but, um, I would definitely like to, to get into, uh, jujitsu. Um, maybe, you know, kind of, like I said, I've rolled around a little bit. I've learned some, some basics and it's, it's, it's tough. It's fucking tough. It's like, you know, Muay Thai is, is a fucking real ass beater of a sport. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely like to get into jujitsu. And I, I saw some photos on your Instagram. Uh, you in hockey gear? Yeah. Do you play? Uh, do, do you still play? Um, ever since I got into union, I've kind of, uh, you know, we have early start times. We're, we're starting work at six a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on the day, it could be a twelve-hour day, it could be an eight-hour day. But um, you know, at the point, I played ice hockey for thirty years. Uh, you know, I've been on ice skates pretty much since I could walk. And uh, it's just like playing a 1045 game on a Tuesday and like just kind of using that as an excuse to go out and drink. I'd much rather be in bed. Like mm-hmm. I pretty much hung them up right now. Um, you know, uh, I was lucky enough to like kind of travel the country in North America to play ice hockey. And, uh, you know, I – Sometimes I'll I'll strap them on if somebody really wants me to come out and play, but otherwise I just kind of they're they're hung up. It's it's just hardcore and and, and doing concrete at the moment. <laughs> For sure, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I'm like a hockey dropout because I'm I'm like a casual fan of like our the, the our local team out here, the the Anaheim Ducks. But, um, you know, it, it's just it hasn't really been uh, that fun to watch because it's just uh, just watching your team uh, just constantly like constantly losing. And uh, I don't know. You guys got Trevor Zegras. He's, that kid's an animal. Yeah. He's got hands on him. And he's like, uh, I, I think he's definitely breathed a little a little life in hockey because you never know what you're going to get with that kid. He's, he's going to pull something out of his ass. He's, he's got hands for days. Yeah, I always try to go to at least one game per season. That's like my goal with being a, such a casual fan and uh, uh, just like ha- having friends uh, who are like way more into it than me. Um, they just like uh, will help me out. They'll be like, hey, like we got a ticket for you. Like show up. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like I can't really say no at this point if you guys already have one for me. But but it's fun. I, I really do enjoy watching it live versus like on TV. Oh, yeah. I mean, TV. I mean, that's why ice hockey is not a big sport. I mean, it, it's you're, you turn on a, a hockey game for your average American. They have no fucking clue what's going on. And like trying to follow a puck around on, on a TV can be like a little bit hectic to the normal person who has no clue what's going on. But, um, 
you know, seen alive is definitely, I, I love taking people to their first hockey game because it just kind of, it sheds a whole entire new light on the sport. Oh, excuse me. It's, it sheds a new light on the sport for them. hundred percent. Like I, I didn't really have too much of an interest till um, I, I moved to orange County and some friends were like, Hey, like you need to come to a game. So they brought me to a, a ducks game. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. It, it's, it's really cold in here. Um, you know, Honda center is a nice arena. Um, but it wasn't until the ducks scored their first goal and just feeling the electricity of like the whole arena erupting. I was like, Holy shit, this is something that I've never experienced before. And from that moment, I was like, all right, this is something that I'm into. This is wild. Yeah, 20,000 people standing on their feet for a goal is always it's always a wild feeling. It's it's crazy. It'll wake you up really quickly. Yeah, I, I had this crazy experience where me and my buddy, uh, we, we went to a Ducks game. Uh, they won and ended early. We're like, you know, like, you know, just super pumped up full of adrenaline because it was an intense game. But then we drove across town to go to the show and um, uh, there was this person performing with like an acoustic guitar, just really low energy. And I felt like I was g- like going to go insane because like just, I, I was just still full of energy, but like we were just in this venue and everybody was just standing around and it was just like, just the complete opposite of like what we were just experiencing. And it, it was the weirdest thing because I'd never done anything like that. Right. To go from this crazy, uh, you know, hockey game to this really mellow, low energy emo show i was like this is i want to get out of here yeah yeah the blood was still pumping yeah and i i, I couldn't do anything because like I, like all i wanted to do was like run on stage and jump on somebody's face but it wasn't that type of music so i was like this is <laughs> yeah. this is crazy like like let's never do this again it was it was strange because like i i literally felt like i was going crazy because i i'd never been in that situation before yeah yeah it'll it's to me, like, there's still no better feeling than, like, just, like, just, like, the sounds of a hockey game. Like, it's just, like, uh, like, to still to this day, like, you know, hearing music is, is great, but, like, stepping on a fresh sheet of ice or hearing, hearing skates dig into the ice and just, like, there, there's no better sound on the face of the earth than, you know, a puck being rung off a pipe in a game. Like and just hearing that crowd roar if it goes in or if it doesn't go in, it, it's just it to me is just like I have so many childhood memories that just like audible sounds just trigger me. So like I I definitely know what know that feeling all too well. Hundred percent, yeah. It's it, it, it's cool to um, be able to experience something like that later in life, right? Because like uh, where I grew up out in like the Palm Springs area. Um, we didn't have like a national hockey team. We didn't have any major sports either. Like we, we'd have to travel to uh, the Inland Empire, Orange County, LA to experience stuff like that. So to, to be able to move um, in my early twenties and experience something like that, it, it was such a cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. I can. It's crazy. Cause I mean, now you think about it, hockey is way more accessible than it's ever been for uh, at a youth level. And um, yeah, I, to me, I love, people experiencing ice hockey even though it's like kind of a trendy thing in hardcore to get involved in hockey in your mid-20s and become a hockey fan and like this and that or or whatever like like to me i i love that people get involved in the sport um to me it's if like if there's one sport you're going to be into that correlates to hardcore it's definitely hockey you know like uh they just kind of go hand in hand and uh I love, I love when people get into it and they finally start to realize and like understand the game. So, but yeah, 
And how did you get into it at such a young age and to be able to, you know, travel across the country with it? Um, basically my dad, he was like, uh, you know, he grew up with the broad street bullies, you know, he got to watch two Stanley cups and, um, you know, I was just like a young maniac kid before I, like I stepped on a skateboard at like maybe like four years old and like, you know, uh, I was on ice skates like a little bit before that and, uh, I didn't take any lessons. My dad just like. I don't even remember my dad going out there with me. He just kind of like put me in a pair of skates. He showed up with a pair of skates at home one day. And like next thing I know, I'm talking, I'm on a, on a rink, just kind of going at it myself. Like I have very, very vivid memories of it. And it just kind of evolved. And like, uh, you know, I've always been a very active kid and, um, always like wanted to get better at things. And it just kind of took off. Like I, it just kind of had a knack for it. Um, and, uh, it just snowballed. Like I, I got better and better and better. And, um, generally like, you know, you start off at like an in-house level where it's just, like, you know, kind of like beginners and like, there's no traveling or anything. Like, and I just outgrew that so quickly. And, you know, I was on to travel hockey and just kept, kept on getting better and better and better. And, um, it just kind of evolved into point where, you know, you get to uh, like a double a triple a level of hockey where you're, you know, you're going out to the Midwest for the weekend or you're going up to New England uh, or you're going like somewhere up in Toronto or Montreal for a tournament. And, um, you know, uh, you eventually get picked up by like, you know, there's like tournament teams. So it just, it became like a year round thing. And uh, it just like kind of stuck with me until the point where I just kind of burned myself out. I was just kind of over it. <laughs> Well, damn, at least you got to uh, do a lot of cool things with it because it's something that had, had been with you for your whole life. I, I think it's awesome that you're uh, able to travel with it. Yeah, I, I, it was awesome. But I also think of like how many, how many amazing shows I missed. I remember in 97 uh, was my very first warp Tour and I actually left uh, a team practice early to go to warp Tour <laughs> and my and my coaches were like, what the fuck are you doing? What, what the fuck is a warp tour? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, to me, that was, it was well worth it. Cause I mean, seeing suicidal tendencies and bouncing souls, you know, in 97, it was, it was awesome. You know, it's crazy to think that there's kids in the scene today that don't know what warp tour is or have never even gone to warp tour. We're when, like, yeah, yeah. That's, I, I forgot that warp tour isn't even really a thing anymore or what warp tour evolved itself into, you know, it's just like, uh, crazy, you know, you have to see all these, you know, no effects, bouncing souls. And I remember like, you know, I got to see suicidal tendencies with Rocky. I mean, like to me, that was like, that was like a highlight moment. I, I remember that specifically, you know, he came out there with his Pittsburgh pirates hat on and just like, you know, there, there is Rocky, you know, fucking legendary hardcore guitarist, you know. That's wild. See, your first Warped Tour was 97. My first Warped Tour was 2005. And yeah. the the main draw for me was Throwdown was playing Warped Tour. So I'm like, holy shit, a hardcore band on Warped Tour? I was like, let's fucking go. Yeah. No. It, it's, it, was, it was crazy to see the evolution of Warped Tour. And, like, that was the one and only Warped Tour that I went to. I never really had any 
never really had any urge to go back for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. And like I'm sure I'm sure there were like you know Pennywise or whatever like some other band there like a bigger band eventually uh went on there. But um you know, I don't know. Yeah, I I went to work uh, Warp Tour one year. I I worked uh with a label uh, which I, I don't want to say the label publicly, uh, because I like mid shift, I'm like, this is bullshit. And I just, uh, uh, cause they, they, they try to get me to sell some t-shirts. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. So I just brought their stuff back and then I was like, I'm leaving. And I watched uh, New Newfound glory. And then I went home because I, I was like, it was, it's it, like, it was not what I expected it to be. So I was just like, this is, this sucks. So I, I just did that. And then the last time that I went to warp tour was, not the last year that it happened, but the year before that, I actually uh, was doing merch for this band called uh, Falling in Reverse. They're playing like main stage, and that was kind of cool because I got to see just like a, a different side of it. Like I was actually selling merch uh, uh, and uh, working to attend with, with uh, one of my good friends, shout out Danny, and um, I, I literally saw. Uh, who did I watch it? I think I saw like neck deep and uh, knock loose, and then I just like sat at the the, the merch booth selling uh, you know kids merch all day and having to turn away kids because uh, falling in reverse. I didn't realize how popular they were, but like there were kids like rushing the the merch booth in the morning, like trying to figure out when they're gonna do like a meet and greet. But it's like no, they're not doing a meet and greet. Go away! So like like all day, like people were coming up and asking like when's the meet and greet? It, it, it was it was crazy. Yeah, that's a hectic job, fucking doing merch for at that uh with that much volume and and like you know that much popularity. I would never want to do that. I don't. I, would, I just couldn't. I hate doing merch. Period. <laughs> Yo, I, I used to have aspirations to 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 be like a full time merch guy, and um, I uh, probably the worst job I ever got was I I, I did merch for a day to remember uh, at their self help fest a couple years ago, and. Uh, it, it sucked. Like if it wasn't for the people I was working with, I probably would have done like what I did work and just left. Cause it, like the, the pay sucked. Um, it was just me trying to, you know, just get out there and get experience. Cause eventually after that got some decent offers to, to do certain jobs. But um, in the end, I kind of realized I'm like, this isn't what I really want to do. So I'm done. It's crazy. It's crazy. Cause some of those merch guys are making almost as much money as guys in the band now, or if not sometimes more, um, you know, me that's crazy you know like uh it was it was josh he went out there and did merch at riot fest and he said it was like the most insane three days he ever had to just working selling merch for three days straight but you know you know where else can you make that type of money on a couple of thousand dollars in three days just fucking slinging t-shirts yeah, I, I have this buddy who I, I follow on, on social media and like that's his f- full time gig and he's constantly on the road with like the the crazy spans like he, he was doing merch for um, My Chemical Romance and then I, I think he's doing merch for Lizzo right now like overseas and I'm just like this is crazy like this. Yeah, so um, he's uh, definitely good at w- what he does and uh, he was actually one of the people that I was like leaning on, um, you know, uh, asking for advice and trying to figure out how to, uh, you know, actually uh, get my name out there to, to get those kinds of offers. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember the, the, the point when it's like, you know, some offers were actually coming through. Um, I was just like, yeah, this isn't what I want to do. Sorry. Like I'm going to respectfully say no. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Cause I mean, you're on the road all the time. It's just, it's like, when do you get to enjoy yourself at all doing that? You know? 
I yeah I I don't know maybe uh, they just like being uh, or maybe they like traveling I, I have no idea I I would for me I would get over like day three I'd be like I want to go home this is this is weird yeah definitely yeah but all right Zach this has uh, been awesome I'm thankful that you were uh, you know willing to come on the podcast because like I said I, I behind the scenes I, I talked to like two to three different people and I'm happy that I was finally able to get in contact with you so thank you. Awesome. It was a pleasure. I appreciate having me. We will do it again sometime. 100%. Um, and before we go, is there anything else you would like to say? Um, yeah, just be on the uh, the lookout for that uh, Hold My Own Carry by Six split coming out on Never Ran, Never Will Records. Uh, you know, uh, you'll have a risk. Uh, uh, la, 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 la. <laughs> a risk and, uh, and uh, Fool's Game split coming out as well. I apologize for that. Uh, so look out for that too. Um, if you haven't picked out, uh, picked up the Missing Link EP yet, go pick that up. Uh, that's also out on Never Ran, Never Will Records. So uh, you know, uh, once again, I appreciate you having me on. Um, and you know, looking forward to doing this again, maybe. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll definitely have you back on, and I'll see you later this month. Sounds good. I'll, I'll say hi. 100%. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll be back soon.